بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علیہ رسول کریم اماں الحمد للہ tonight is the 4th of October in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah I've spent a few nights taking a glimpse into the important subject of death and the afterlife and the last thing I mentioned was the report from Fudel Ibn Iyad Rahmatullahi And in summary, he said that if this world was paradise, but you knew that you were going to move on to the world for eternity, you would still prepare in paradise for your journey to the world. But what is wrong with us that we are in the world and we are preparing for paradise, which is beyond comprehension, and we are still dragging our feet. So note how the Salaf would make you think into the foolishness of our mindset. Those Sayyidina Jundub radiyallahu anhu, he said on his deathbed, Remember there is no more poverty after entering paradise. And there is no more prosperity after entering the fire. <laughs> Recorded by Hafiz Zahabi rahmatullahi in his seer 3-174. So what was the great companion saying on his deathbed? Sayyidina Jundub radiyallahu. What is one of the greatest woodies that we have in the world? And it's obviously poverty. So Jundub radiyallahu who cut into the chase, he said there's no more poverty after paradise. So no matter how bad you are financially straightened in the world, once you enter paradise, is there any poverty? No. And similarly, Prosperity. People think that once you're prosperous, you've, you've achieved it. He said there is no more prosperity after entering the fire. Meaning, what have you achieved if you enter the fire? Mm. Thus, we should not be so worried about poverty at the expense of preparing for the next. Mm. And prosperity is nothing but a fool's gold, which you are foolishly trying to achieve here. But if you end up in the fire, what was the point of all that? So notice even on the deathbeds, the righteous would highlight this point. Indeed, it is the trait of the unbelievers to prefer the life of this world over the next. Because no other than the Almighty and Glorious Himself says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Surah Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wa salam, Surah 14, verse 3, Audhu billahi minash shaitanu rajim, Alas for the unbelievers, for a terrible penalty which awaits, who love the life of this world more than the hereafter. So look how amazing. Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says this is a trait. That you choose the world over the hereafter. But whose trait is it? Mm-hmm. It's the trait of the kuffar. Allah mm-hmm. didn't say that about the believers. Mm-hmm. Alas for the unbelievers. Did he say? Mm-hmm. No. He says the unbelievers. Why? Who love the life of this world 
more than the hereafter. Imam Ghazali commented, Rahmatullah, he subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the unbelievers this way. The believer naturally is the opposite of him. For he loves the hereafter instead of the life of this world. In his Ihya, volume 4, page 246, in the chapter on poverty and asceticism. So a person goes, okay, if Allah the Almighty and Glorious describes the unbelievers that they love the world more than the hereafter, then what's our trait? Imam Ghazali goes, we're the opposite. Our trait is we love the hereafter more than this world. But be honest, hand and heart can we really say that? You know, think about that. You might even say it, but you look at a person, the way he lives, and you're thinking, does he really love the hereafter more than this world? It looks like he's set for life in this world. Astaghfirullah. It is related. A 200-year-old man from Najran once visited Sayyidina Muawiyah and he asked him about his view of the world. So, it's Muawiyah, he's the Khalif and a, a double centurion comes, so, you know, very rare. And Hazrat Muawiyah, he asked him, tell me about the world, because you've seen much of the world. So the elderly man responded, years of tribulation interspersed with a few years of ease. Days and days, nights and nights. Some are born, some die. Without birth, the creation would end. And without death, the earth would be cramped. <laughs> so when he asked, what did this elderly man say? So, you know, again, you've got to turn to the people who've experienced. There's no substitute for experience. So he said, look what he said, very interesting. Years of tribulation, but it's, you have a few years of ease. In other words, most of the time you have problems. But then he goes, you have ease as well. Then he goes, days, days, nights, nights. Born and death, births and deaths. Then he goes, without births, there will be no creation. Without death, the earth would be cramped. Hazrat Muawiyah thereupon said in veneration of his old age, ask what you like now to ask for. In other words, he goes, if I have anything within my power and you ask me, I will try to fulfill it. So the elderly man replied, return to me the years that have passed. Or delay the term that is imminent. <laughs> so Hazrat Muawiyah said, that is not in my kingdom. <laughs> in other words, that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The old man thereupon remarked, then I have nothing to request from you. <laughs> this is recorded by Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi in his Ihya, volume 3, page 284, in the chapter on the evil of the world. So now think about this. We're not going to live 200 years. That's a fight. <laughs> And we, well, we've been looking to live a hundred years. That's also a fight. So this is a man who really has got much more than we'll ever have. And did he describe the world with any favor? You know, think about that. He's had more of the world than we'll have. And what did he say? The first thing that came out of his mouth is woodies and problems. Years of woodies and problems. But a few years of ease. And isn't that exactly what the world is? Dunya de gham bazaar de. The world is the marketplace of woodies. 
And then he goes days and days, nights and nights. People live, people die. Mm. But then he says something very interesting. He goes, without death, the earth would be cramped. Now, he may not have realized that that is actually prophetic. It's a hadith. The hadith is in Ahmed. And Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He creates, He created the world. And then the angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, asked, O oh, our Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are you going to place in this world? So Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, said, I'm going to create the human beings. I, this is after the jinn. So when the angels were informed about the numbers of the humans, they got really confused. Because obviously if you imagine Qiyamat, the great gathering, how many people? So they saw that. So they were thinking, how on earth are they going to fit into this world? So he goes, oh, our Lord, how are they going to, you know, accommodate? So Allah, the Almighty and Glorious said, I'm not going to send them at once. I'm going to send them in waves. Some will enter and some will leave. So he goes, well, how will they leave, oh, our Lord? And the angels were told, I'm going to create death. When they die, they will leave the world. Then the angels who are ma'asum, because if you create death, they won't be able to function. <laughs> In other words, you're going to put them into the world and then you you are telling us they're going to die. Then how are they going to function? So Allah Ta'ala says, I'm going to create something else which will make them forget death. Hopes and desires. So there's the report. So isn't that true? You know, there's a waiting list at the moment to enter the world. And there's an exit list, those who are dying or who are dying. And we're in the middle. You know, we're the actors on the stage for a short period of time. So here the elderly man said, without death, the earth would be cramped. So death serves a purpose. And then as a Muavi, obviously, you venerate the elderly. The Prophet said, he who does not show respect to our elders, he doesn't belong to us. So obviously, as a Muavi himself in his maybe late 70s, he said to the elderly man, he goes, if there's anything I can do for you. Now think about that. That shows that this man had honor. <laughs> because normally, you know, if, if you got a, the most powerful man in the world, and he goes, ask, I'll give it to you. You start thinking about your world. But the fact that he didn't think about the world, that's another lesson. <laughs> he goes, return my years. Now what did he mean by that? He meant I wasted them. <laughs> or if you can't do that, delay what's going to happen. Meaning death is around the corner. Give me more time. So, the Mu'avi goes, nobody has that power. He goes, then I've got nothing to ask from you. Now, what was he really telling Hazrat Mu'avi? He goes, don't waste your life. In fact, there's a report that one of the youngsters went, one, once went to one of the elders and he goes, give us advice, respected uncle. So the elderly gentleman said, youth is wasted on the youth. <laughs> he goes, that's my advice. And it's true, <laughs> when you get older, they look back and they go, oh, if I had your energy and legs and, you know, I'll be doing this and that, then you think, well, why do you do that? <laughs> like, why do you, why you went even, so, because you've wasted your life. So note again, this is uh, the reality of dunya. This aged man was experiencing what Anas who related from our beloved messenger, when he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a man becomes old, until he is bored, exhausted with himself. His family, children and relatives are bored with him. 
upon which death comes as a relief to all and conceals him. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Qurtubi in his tafsir, volume 6, page 109 of the New English Translation. Look how beautiful. When a person, you even see the elders, they go every morning, I'm in pain. Soon as they get up, bones are hurting, knees are hurting. I didn't know what I'm, you know, getting dementia, right? Getting up is a jihad, walking down the stairs is a jihad. Getting dressed, so they get fed up. You actually see it in their face, in fact. They don't want people to help them because that's, you know, there's no honor in that. So what did the Prophet say? That's when you're old. A man becomes old when he is bored with himself. He's exhausted. Then look what the Prophet said. Then he turned to the others. His family, children, relatives are exhausted with him. Now that, this doesn't mean they want him to die or her to die. What it means is you take up a lot of their time. In fact, they can't do anything, you know, it's just end of life. Everybody's just basically standstill. Nobody's working, you know, it's just at the hospital. What's happened? What's later? What's going on? Oh, he's, he's, oh, he's recovered. He's going back in again. Oh, and you're thinking, uh, so what's happening? The family, children, relatives, they exhausted the Prophet Then what happens? Upon which death comes as a relief to all and conceals him. Isn't it true? It's like the pressure cooker. When the death is coming, you know, the, the person's going through so much pressure. Soon as the person dies, it's like you get the steam up and then everything suddenly goes back to normal. So the Prophet was basically saying death is a gift. Right? Death is a gift. And what's interesting, they even offer that option to the elders. He goes, would you like us to resuscitate you? Why do they even ask you that question? Because they know, look, you know, you're in Taklif. We can bring you back, we can resuscitate you. Islamically, you can't say no to that. He goes, yeah, you must resuscitate me. You say no, then that's, some scholars say you're in deep trouble. You cannot say, you know, no, no, don't resuscitate me. It's not your life. Right? But what you should do is you should have made the dua. The Prophet said, made a dua. Oh my Lord, don't let me live so I become a burden upon others. That's a dua. Who makes that dua? All they say is at least 100, right? And then you go, well, 30 years in a wheelchair. Who's cleaning your backside? Right? And he goes, oh, you, didn't you think about that? You know, I'd rather be in grave, right? Imagine, you know, be honest. How humiliating or would it be for you, to, for somebody to wipe your backside? Wouldn't you want to be dead? I tell you, sleep. Yeah, that was this. Right? And you wanted to live to 100. Right? It's quality of life. It's not the term. Look at the Prophet from 63. So if you think of just of years, you're thinking that's, that's not... But what was his quality? You can't beat it, sallallahu Yeah, people live to 110, 20, and really, their death should have come 70. When they were 70, after that, they're just a burden upon others. Consider also the sagacious words of Hassan al-Basri, who said... When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends good for anyone, then he grants him some of this world. But then he refrains from giving any more till he has spent that. Then he resumes his grant. However, when a person is lonely in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he grants him spreading out the world for him. 
recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya volume 3, page 285, in the chapter on the evil of the world. Now look how amazing. You can't work this out. You have to turn to the Salaf. This is Allah Ta'ala showing His love for you. He gives you enough. He won't give you any more till you spent it. <laughs> so, person goes, hey, don't ask me. Go and take your with Hassan al-Basri. When you've spent it, He then gives you more. That's a sign that He loves you. But if you are low in His sight, He gives you whatever you want. Now look how strange, if you were to leave aside the statement of Hassan al-Basri and you said to a person, which one is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Uh, the first one, he doesn't seem to get anything, he just gets enough to live on. And then that seems to be his life. And this other person, he's got minus touch, minus touch, right? And he goes, well, it's the minus one, isn't it? <laughs> and he goes, I have another guess. He goes, it's the first one. Hassan al-Basri said that. Now be honest, apply it to yourself. Forget about, you know, John's next door and, you know, Molana this and that. Think about yourself. Which one are you? Right? And then you look, you think. And then you start actually working out who are the near and dear ones. You'll actually start thinking of people. Hang on a minute. This person, he's, he's struggling. But then you think he's not really struggling. Allah has just given him enough to live on. He goes, maybe he's that person. And yet the funny thing is he actually thinks he's in a bad state. He goes, I can't seem to be, I don't know what's going on, right? There you go, there's a revelation to comfort the person. Another person, he goes, oh, you don't know everything, I'm just put money in the next money. I'm... Then you think, brother, if I'm telling you straight, that might not be, in fact, it's not a, not a good sign. Why? Latter has given you too much of the world. What are you going to do with it? Then everybody goes, yeah, but what about Osman? Who are you, brother? Right? Why are you jumping straight to Uthman for the Allah? You know, I never heard his name before until he saw mentioning Dunya. Right? And he goes, Uthman and Nur, 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 you know who he is? And then straight away, first of all, if you had his wealth, would you do what he did? And he goes, no. Well, then you're not Uthman, are you? Indeed, the sign of those whom he loves was articulated by our beloved messenger. What did he say, Sallallahu in Tabarani is Hassan, the Prophet said, when he asks for the world, he does not give. When he asks for paradise, he gives. That's the sign that Allah Ta'ala loves you. So you ask, no problem. You're not sinful for asking. Ya Allah, you know, I wouldn't mind being a millionaire. Ya Allah, please, 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 right? No problem, you're not sinful. Allah Ta'ala was never. Then you think, well, you haven't been asking for 20 years, nothing's happening. Like, like, you know, trotter. <laughs> but you've asked for paradise. And guess what? The very first time you ask for it, Allah, Allah will have given you paradise. Now be honest, we haven't seen that. Think about that. You know, we, so hopefully, you think, yeah, I hope I'm one of them. Think about it. Once you die, are you bothered when you were the millionaire? Imagine you drop dead. And then grave, you think, well, Wasting my life. Why? I didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't get a million. Didn't get the first million in account. He gives a monkey about it. But if he realizes he's been given paradise, <laughs> Alhamdulillah, he's not bothered about dunya, he's left it. Subhanallah. So, all I mentioned again today was reflections upon death and the afterlife. And note, like I mentioned again and again, these, these are the reports. They are hard-hitting. Why? 
because most of us are suffering from these ailments. We like to discuss things that we haven't got. Mm. You know, it's anything in Islam that you, you are strong in, you love talking about that. So you get a Sufi, he loves talking about zikr. You know, it's that, right? Then you, you Why? Because he does a lot of zikr. But if you've got an, a failing, notice your nafs doesn't like that. And a lot of people have got love of the world. Mm-hmm. you got to be brutally honest. When I'm discussing this, you know, it's just like, it's like what the fuck? Is there anything else you can discuss, right? And then you go, there you go. What, what, why are you getting irritated by it? It's a reality. So then you think, look, ya Allah, help me. You know, I've got problems. Are there any questions you like ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanallah allahumma bihamdi ka ashtu la ilaha illa anda astafarikatu bulayka wa sallam 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 wa asr insan lafi khusr ladina amanu wa amanu wa sallam 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 w